What's up, everybody? This is Brandon with Sleephawk Worldwide. Uh, before the show starts today, we want to let you know it's sponsored by a new line of CBD-infused products called Peaceful Lane. Peaceful Lane is farm-to-counter. What that means is they process the hemp on the farm right here in North Carolina, and they process it just up the road, also in North Carolina. The farm's in Summerfield. They process it in Roxboro. Uh, the stuff is great. There's topical products. There's a roll-on. There's bath salts. There's moisturizers. All these are aimed at helping restore your body after like a hard workout. And they release some pain and soreness. A lot of times I use it when I get done with a lot of long runs. Uh, and day after day, I find myself less and less sore. So these products really work. They also have some products for your you know, mental health to restore inner calm and to help you rest and, and sleep better. They have CBD-infused dark chocolates and fruit nips and high-potency tincture. And you know a lot of the products we're going to discuss later on the show. But if you go to their website at PeacefulLane.co, that's PeacefulLane.co, and use the code TYLER20, you'll get 20% off your purchase. Again, that's PeacefulLane.co. Use the code TYLER20 for 20% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening and stay safe. And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog along with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. Last week in California, I'll be back in the studio next episode with Sleep Dog. But looking forward to this podcast and looking forward to getting back into the uh, the dog pound with sleep. Back in a pound, buddy. It is hot as hell here. It's been raining all day. There's a hurricane or something outside. Uh, we got all kinds of uh, sports stuff to talk about. We got some other weird stuff to talk about. We got the finals going on. We got the Olympics that are somehow still going on, although I think nobody's going to be there. We're going to talk about the one person we know is not going to be there, which is Shakari Richardson. Uh, just figured out today somehow. I missed that. Maybe I missed the memo, but Conor McGregor's fighting some this weekend didn't think about that uh ncaa is going to start paying players we're going to get right into that one before we do any of you local to raleigh and any of those nationwide that aren't local to raleigh had a uh, one hell of an interesting story this last week a zebra cobra was on the loose and big hawk i i guess you know being all the way out there in california you felt safe um i'm not sure if i wish you were here for this or not but it was a shit show here in Raleigh over this thing. Sleep, I hate snakes. And the good thing about being, um, being like, I don't care if it's a garden snake, I don't like it. The fact that it was a zebra cobra, a spitting venomous cobra that spits venom in your eyes and that's how you die. That is the worst. That First of all, that's the worst. I can't think of a worse death. Uh, lock me in a box, set me on fire, and send me to the end of the ocean uh, is comparable. But I'm not sure. What, I, I, I know you have anxiety. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't there. But I just can only imagine what the neighbors of that person were thinking. See, that's what, yeah. And dude, if you think you're scared of snakes, okay, listen, sleep hog nation, sleep dog. I'm terrified of blood. Okay. That is my, you know, thing. Don't like blood. Don't like needles. Usually they come in pairs, right? I would rather go to a blood drive every day for the next calendar year than ever even see a snake again. I am so afraid of snakes. This is a true story. Like I ride my bike sometimes and I, there's greenways all through the city here. And I rode my bike out one morning and I passed a snake. This is a black snake on the trail. 
And it's a down and back route, right? So I go out to one point, turn around and come back the same way. And literally I got to the park. This is a true story. I called it Uber XL so I could put my bike in the back of it and had a dude pick me up in a minivan and drove me home. Um, I don't do snakes, period, dude. And so, of course, people are showing all these pictures and there's videos and all this sort of stuff. And I just, you know, it's hard to look at. But it was so funny, man. Like literally, all right. So the snake is, I live downtown. Sleep Hawk Worldwide headquarters is in the heart of downtown Raleigh. This snake is five, six, seven miles up the road. So it's like, you know, everybody just thought that they were going to wake up one day and the snake was going to be in their bed. My thought went to like, well, what if this thing somehow breeds with black snakes? And now all of a sudden black snakes are spitting in your eyes and you're dying. Like, dude, it was wild. And next door, which I'm a huge fan of, um, was alight with um, theories, uh, with people that were just absolutely terrified. It was a weird ass story. And it was funny. This dude, they found him, the neighbors. So back to the neighbor question is like, the funniest part is I guess nobody knew it. Until this dude finally found out this dude's got 70 venomous snakes in his yard, in his house. Like, God, could you imagine spending the night at that place? His parents lived upstairs his, or some shit. In his parents' basement. I read that. At Which is all, weird and also very not weird at the same time. Because, yeah. I mean, dude's got 70 snakes, definitely lives in his parents' basement. Yeah. Um, it sounds like something that would happen in Florida. Yeah. Um, but here's my question is – where do you get these snakes? Where do you buy these venomous snakes? And why in the hell, why in the hell do you have 70 of any type of pet animal <laughs> in your parents' face? Like there is zero excuse to have 70 venomous snakes. Oh, uh, that That's uh, 70 too many in my opinion. Um, do I think, I think this guy should be held accountable. I think he needs to be charged with something, animal cruelty, and there needs to be some type of law. You can't have venomous snakes. This can't be, could you imagine, like, could you imagine if you were his neighbor? Uh, I would be, I would, I mean, it would be fist fighting territory. And I don't like, nobody wins in a fist fight, but it's about, it's about principle. And uh, I can't imagine um, the fear in the neighborhood when, uh, they they roped off the the road to say, hey, we're uh, hunting down a spitting zebra cobra <laughs> from the heart of the rainforest. And then, like a couple, like a year or so ago, this guy got bit by one of his snakes. They had to take him to the hospital. Apparently, they had to airlift in some antivenom for this specific snake from this particular part of the world just to make sure this dude's arm didn't fall off. Maybe that his heart didn't stop. I don't know. And then he still came back for more. Imagine, I my my attention goes. Imagine being that beat cop, right? That you're on some random ass, like, you know, you get a call from the station. It's like, yo, we need you to run down here off of Glenwood Avenue and uh, see what's going on. Uh, somebody's talking about a snake's on the loose. And then you're starting to think, like, or somebody spotted a snake and you're just like, okay, lady, like, dude, it happens, right? And then you roll up and you realize, like, what the real situation is. And you're like, bro, I make $40,000 a year to ride around a Ford Explorer and have nobody like me. And now you want me to catch this thing? Um Fuck no chance, sleep dogs. I'm 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 on the spot, Sarge. Here's my badge. Here's my gun, buddy. Uh, I'm out. Or or you know I, I don't know, man. The snake thing is just get out of here. You're right about the. I mean, dude, what are you doing, bro? I mean, sounds like lucky the guy's got the guy's snake got out before uh, anything else weird happened. But yeah, seventy of them. You don't know what they're gonna do about them. It's funny, man, because where where I come from, do you see a snake? You don't like it. You kill it, right? You can't say that anymore. You can't kill snakes. No. You can't kill even. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't kill anything. Listen, man, I'm I'm all about God's creatures, man. I'm I don't want to kill a snake. I'm just afraid of it. A snake wants to kill me, 
right? So, like, anyway, it's not a two-way street in that regard, but apparently Raleigh's safe. They took all 70 of some bitches out of there, and uh, God knows where they're at now, probably in the storage locker at the police station, which is right outside my house, and they're probably crawling everywhere about to get out because, um, I don't know, they can't be I, a, I did see the video. So, on social media, I saw the video of the animal control guy had a face shield mm. and was going to capture the snake. It didn't work out. And so they laid these sticky pads mm-hmm. down. Yeah, yeah. So the snake slithered on the sticky pad and it couldn't, I guess it couldn't. Slither. Yeah, slither anymore. And uh, boy, oh boy, that would have been, I, I, yeah, that would have been a hell of a circumstance. Boy, uh, oh boy is right, Big Hog. I don't <laughs> care if I ever see another snake in my entire life. And this dude with a zebra cobra, man, they better they better take those things somewhere. I'm serious, dude. I live right across the street from the police station. They better take those things far, far away from here because if I see it, one of us is going out. And it'd probably be me. You know, I'm probably going to go down with this thing. But, you know, I uh, – yeah, I got no um, – I mean, listen, dude, apparently the dude had the things. And they were legal to have, right? Apparently, they didn't break any laws. Uh, so, listen, dude, I get it, buddy, but you better make damn sure that thing don't get out. And it got out, and so now it's on you. Uh, and God only knows how much taxpayer dollars that do. The news was all over. What a great story mm-hmm. for the local news! Like, yo, there's a zebra cobra by Crabtree Mall. Wow. Uh, <laughs> anyway, man, like, can't, you can't make, make it up. Just nope. when you thought 2020 was weird, 2021 say here, hold my snake. So um, what else is weird is that the NCAA is going to start paying players. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people that want to know your opinion on this. Um, And I definitely do. And I have my own. And this is just sort of like, uh, again, another thing just sort of seemed out of nowhere. I mean, I know everybody's been clamoring about it for decades, it seems like. But, like, it just sort of happened. And I know they've been talking about it. There was a little bit of lead up. It seemed pretty informal. I don't know what the total rules are. I'm sure you probably do name, image, likeness type of thing. But, uh, yeah, curious to get your thoughts uh, and maybe even an explanation of what this all means, if you know what it means. So this is a huge deal um, in terms of it's about time and it's long overdue. So the NCA could no longer get away with, uh, you know, depriving or taking away uh, the right for a person to make money off their image likeness and, you know, other, other things that fall in that category that are very similar. So this all started with a lawsuit based off of a video game mm-hmm. where they were playing, I think it's some, some sports game. Uh, yeah, it was an Nintendo NCAA game. tournament game and Ed O'Bannon was the, yes. the guy from UCLA had a twin brother, Ed and somebody else. And he was, the yeah, first they, guy. they were part of the legal part. Uh, mm-hmm. They're actually lawyers and they brought it in front of, uh, you know, they made it a huge, uh, I, I want to say class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, class action lawsuit is basically where um, a group of lawyers represents a large population of people and they're the example of uh the group of people and why uh they were wronged so what i'm looking at here is they had taken the college basketball players they'd taken their number and what they looked like and created a video game off of it and they didn't pay anybody and so they won that lawsuit which kicked off everything and so now years later after you know multiple 
criticism, multiple articles explaining why athletes should be paid, uh, criticism from the media, athletes, and many other uh, people. Um, it is time to pay athletes uh, for this. And do I think it's right? Absolutely. Am I for this? 1,000%. And why I'm for this is because in a certain way, athletes have been deprived of this opportunity. But before anybody that is against paying uh, college athletes, so why should a college uh, student on academic scholarship that uh, has a software program that's in the business school, a business can buy that software program and use it and he can make money off of it. So why does the school not take that money instead of the kid? And you, you use that example and apply it to athletes. Why are athletes being looked negative on uh, for wanting to make money off their image and likeness? And I think it's a very similar circumstance. And I don't think the NCAA could get away with it any longer. And it started to look worse and worse. And then years back, you had a player from UConn come out and talk about, you know, I just, I'm just trying to get a meal. You know, we have all these rules uh, after games. Uh, the team can't feed us. Uh, and, you know, I don't have a job. I spend so much time practicing. And then I have school. And now we have the tournament. We're traveling. You know, we can't even eat a meal. And then so the NCAA was like under a lot of pressure. So they changed that so athletes could eat whenever. And now you're seeing kind of more progress being made in college athletics. I'm all for it. Uh, and just so everyone knows, we haven't seen uh, an athlete sign like a $30 million deal like all these people think, oh, these, these young kids shouldn't make millions of dollars. No, that's, that's not happening, okay? That's what you're seeing is more local, small deals being done. But we haven't seen an athlete come out here and just make bank um, like a lot of people think. And they're not going to be paid like professional athletes. Let's get real. Uh, there's a lot of athletes. Uh, what's going to – the athletes that are going to uh, kind of make the most of this, I would say probably the SEC football programs mm -hmm. that have a big name and they have the ability to, you know, do a bunch of different deals with local companies or national companies. And uh, it's going to be the same with uh, basketball. You're just going to see more big-name programs, us, Duke, Kentucky, uh, Kansas, and, you know, some of these other companies, other universities that are associated with companies or they have these alumni connections, I think you're going to see some some things go on there. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I I think it's long overdue, like, like probably pretty much everybody else in America. I think it's interesting that, you know, Nike's building a headquarters in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think that's going to result in some some dollars for some kids. And you know what? I really think that kids should be able to make whatever they want. You're, you're exactly right. This is like the age old argument, or at least it should have been for, you know, the thing that pissed me off about this argument worse than anything. The whole don't pay the athlete is, you know, talking about a, a, an athlete gets the scholarship. That is their payment. Like bullshit. Like if you were committed to making sure this kid got through the system and learned and didn't just, you know, wasn't just there to play football on Saturdays. Okay. But that's just not, you know, time and time and time and time again. I mean, UNC is a, a shining example on a hill of, of why that, um, you know, just isn't true. And I just thought that was just so dumb. You couldn't eat, you know, this, that, and the other, and what it does, right. Is it forces a black market, right? You mm -hmm. see it with, I mean, not to draw a dark correlation here, but it's like drug dealing, man. Like drugs are illegal. And guess what happens? Like they, the money changes hands anyway, right? So instead of 
Um, you know, instead of just coming up with a good system to pay these guys or to allow them to earn on their own, like, wasn't it even a thing where you couldn't even have a job? Like you couldn't even literally go get a job, much less like, okay, it's one thing. And I might be wrong about this. So correct me. But like when you were in college, like, wasn't there a rule where at least during the season or something like you couldn't even work? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I, I, I could be wrong There's about so that. so many rules. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But. Yeah. And, and so, okay. And that notwithstanding, it's like, um, you know, you, you uh, allow them to, to open the door to what they can do on their, their own, just like anybody else. Right. Like if, if you're a freaking poet, right. On a, on a, on a liberal arts scholarship, that's like basically telling them that, Hey, you can't like win the Nobel prize because, you know, that's uh, what do they call it? An impermissible benefit. This is just fucking ridiculous, man. Like, um, and, and, and of course there's that whole argument that, you know, they're getting paid anyway, or they're going to get paid anyway. Right. Uh, however that's going to work. And some of these deals are going to be, um, you know, I, I it's going to be tough to monitor some of that. The thing that concerns me the most about this passage is, of course, is the NCAA is still governing this allegedly or, or governing what's right from wrong. That's always an issue. Uh, and then, you know, it just seemed like even though this conversation has been happening for a long time, it really seems like it just almost sort of popped out of nowhere that all of a sudden they were like, yeah, they're having this conversation about whether or not going to hit players. And it only really started to get like a serious coverage in the media, like what seems like a month or so ago. You know, obviously it's been talked about for years and it's it's been talked about more like when Draymond Green uh, came out and, and, and you've talked about it really publicly, too. But like it just seems like the NCAA just took it up and they're like, OK, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, I just I'm just concerned that it's still not thought out. Uh, it's forced and that sort of stuff. And, you know, the last thing, at least the, here's the last kind of thing I'll say about it is that I really just hope that we don't wind up with some situation that we didn't see coming where somebody gets really screwed over by these rules. I mean, like Reggie Bush is out there saying, Hey, I want my Heisman trophy back. Um, on one hand, uh, I don't know, hard not to agree with that guy. Um, you know, a lot of these people, um, you know, who was the one at Ohio State was a Terrell Pryor or some of the guys got in trouble for selling shoes and stuff like, I mean, it's, it's, that, that's the thing is all this stuff was relatively petty shit, right? It's not like mm-hmm. somebody went out there and got $500,000 in a duffel bag out of the trunk of somebody's car. Um, the one piece though, that I do think is interesting. And we talked a little about this before we started was uh, personally Barstool's approach to these athletes. Yeah. Cause I think the element that's really cool and where these kids have a chance to make a whole hell of a lot of money and Barstool, I think, really seems to recognize this, is there's a bunch of kids that are on, you know, you talked about the football, basketball, SEC, ACC, those those big blue blue chip program players. Well, there's a lot of athletes out there that, whether it's their looks, whether it's their personality, whether it's whatever, you know, they have huge followings on social media, TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram. And Barstool's smart because they went after those people and they understand that they can grow their own network. Uh, by marketing through those people that already have audiences of hundreds of thousands of people each, right? And I think that what's going to come out of this is we're going to learn something that maybe seems obvious in the future that wasn't before, which is it's not the blue chip player as much as it is in mass, some of these other players that are more engaging people, like that can market, right? And uh, I think it would be really interesting to see how their approach to to, uh, attracting some of that talent uh, takes off over time. Yeah. So you mentioned it. Uh, the Barstools is, is they're using a very smart approach. What they're doing is um, 
they're taking these athletes that, like you said, have big social media presence. Uh, they have a lot of followers. And what we're doing is we're seeing a change in, you know, advertisement. No longer a company is going to look at, uh, you know, hey, we want to buy the commercial. Hey, we want to get in front of, you know, 300,000 followers, 300,000 people. So they find somebody with that type of following on Instagram, and then they use them to promote their product. And I think it's a great idea. And here it is. It's free to promote on their uh, on their Instagram page. And, you know, it's their opportunity to control what they want to push and things like that. And it is interesting to see how Barstool is doing that. But back to your point with the NCAA and not, not allowing college kids to get paid. This is where I had initially, this was my example of why I think it's wrong. You have a kid who a college coach is trying to recruit all the way across the country. And they come from, you know, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Um, and so what you're trying to do is trying to recruit them. And so they come to your school all the way across the country. So they have to take that. Their family sometimes cannot afford to take that flight to see their kid. And sometimes they may be sleeping on the an extra bed in their dorm room or something like that. And my my whole argument was like, why should those kids, they're making millions of dollars, they're helping the school generate all this revenue. Why can they not get a free hotel room mm-hmm. for their parents when they come? It, what is wrong with that? And, uh, you know, the, the NCAA wouldn't do it. And it just shows you how money hungry they were at the time. Mm-hmm. And I have a real issue with the NCAA and how they've treated a lot, treated a lot of their student athletes. I don't think they've created a better space for a lot of athletes. Uh, I think they've taken away a lot of opportunities that a lot of athletes could have capitalized on. Uh, not only capitalize on at the moment, but build relationships with companies that they could go and work for mm-hmm. after college. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every college athlete is going to be a millionaire and make millions of money in the professional level. And so for college athletes to make these type of relationships with whether local companies, national companies, it gives them you know an outlook for what it looks like after sports. And we're always talking about you know, well, you know, the college kid needs a degree because, you know, once he's done playing, uh, he can, you know, fall back on his education. Well, this would be helping that athlete once they're done playing a sport to fall back because they have these connections. And I really think the NCAA has taken that away from the athlete and um, kind of set them farther back and put them at a disadvantage at life. And also, since we're on the NCAA subject, I think what these athletes and these universities should start doing is start looking at these college athletes, especially football. Hey, we need some benefits. We need health benefits once we're done playing. I'm not going to make all this money. I'm not going to be an NFL player. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my health on the line to help you make millions of dollars for your school. I want, you know, if I stay for four years and, you know, I play a certain amount of minutes or, you know, certain amount of games, they should be entitled to some type of health compensation, either from the school or from the NCAA. And I think that would go a long way with almost more than what local companies could just give somebody for paying for an advertisement or something like that. I think that's a big deal. And once you start talking benefits for athletes from the NCAA 
or from the colleges, I think that's going to be a real game changer. Yeah, I always thought one of my sort of um, grandiose visions for how this could all work originally was, you know, if you really want to, if you're the NCAA and you really want people to think you give a shit because you clearly don't. Um, one of the things they should have done was set up something very similar to like an IRA when you get a job mm-hmm. retirement plan. Right. And it, it gets distributed. However, you know, the, there's, there's all kinds of arguments about where the revenues are generated and how they're generated and who really is responsible for that. You know, football, basketball, make up revenue for all the rest of the varsity sports, whether you like it or not. And football is number one everywhere. Even, even at UNC football is a revenue generator. And, but what you could do is you got this huge pile of money that you, that's coming in and earmark some of it, right. To, uh, to be contributed to a fund that kids, that, that kids get, uh, when they leave college. And if you stay a year and stay two years, you stay three years. I mean, this is how it works in a job. These things vest over time, right? When you leave, there's studies that show when you start saving for retirement at 25, it, that money accelerates due to compound interest so much faster than if you don't start until you're 35. Well, imagine leaving school as a junior in college, as a, you know, a senior in college, as a, a freshman, whatever, with um, imagine that you're Tyler Hansborough or, or imagine that you're not. Imagine that you're, I don't know, one of our buddies that, that didn't go pro, right? Like, and you leave school and you got 25000 You've been there four years. You got $25,000 in an IRA. Well, dude, that's a lot more than people that are 25 start saving, you know, and you can keep contributing to it and, and you can, you can take it out if you want, you know, if you're, you, you, you want the money, you pay the penalties, just like an IRA, you take it out and you got, I don't know, 15 grand, you blow it and boom. All right. But the NCAA did its job. They put $25,000 in your account that in, you know, 50 years when you retire is probably gonna be worth 10 times that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's like such an easy thing to do that, um, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. Anyway, that was sort of my thing for it. And I like, so I like where you're going with the healthcare is just like some sort of benefit. And the thing of it is, is those types of benefits, you know, they have health savings plans and stuff like that. Now, those sorts of benefits are super cheap compared to, you know, paying someone like a salary, right? You could just basically, I mean, if you left college and you had $6,000 in an IRA, okay, that's more than 90% of the other college kids leaving college. So, you could, you could, you could still get off the hook. And they, they, I mean, there's just, there's just no creativity or desire to really um, sleep. I couldn't agree more with you. And I think what this sounds like, it sounds like a complicated issue, but when you get somebody that really knows this, it makes it so, it's so easy to get this done. Mm -hmm. And what I think is, I think, you know, if you could find a way, where the universities enroll players into um, some type of, you know, enrollment program to where they get benefits from an overall revenue portion from that year um, that they played and kind of, you know, found a way to distribute that uh, to those players. And there would be certain criteria. Obviously, if you didn't play or, you know, red shirt or something like that, it gets a little tricky and who should get paid, how many minutes mm-hmm. and what, who qualifies. Yep. I think that's going to be more complex than actually figuring out how to distribute it. But I think, uh, I think that is a big step. And what I think we're seeing right now is just the tip of the iceberg. I think yeah. this is just, this is just where everyone's kind of filling this system out, but I, I think it may look complicated right now. And it may look, um, it may be, you know, kind of a shit show to begin with. 
But what I think is going to happen is once they do figure this system out and once athletes start figuring this out, I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be much easier and much smoother than what a lot of people uh, vision. And I don't think we'll look down upon it anymore. It'll just kind of be uh, in a way uh, something that is just kind of done and expected because it is right. And uh, it should have been done and expected a long time ago. Absolutely. And I think what other, what also is really interesting about it, what it opens up the opportunity to do, and you mentioned this way back at the beginning, uh, athletes being able to create relationships with these companies they might work for and so on. It also allows the companies to establish relationships with the players. And why that's important is because now it's not the NCAA governing how this works, how people make mm-hmm. money. Right now, it's other people that their job is to make money. Like these are brilliant companies. And, you know, there's going to be some predatory shit, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be people out there just, you know, looking for how, do they, how they're going to take advantage of it. But I just really believe that, that the, the general uh, idea here is you're going to have some, some companies that really love the athlete or they really love the university or they really love the sport and they want to support and they, they see an opportunity, right? Absolutely. Nothing wrong with it, man. If you get into, if you mm-hmm. enter in, a, in, a, in an amicable relationship, it's, there's nothing wrong with, with both sides profiting from this, right? And so I think what it opens the door for are businesses, small, medium, and large, to look at the situation and say, hey, we can make that work for us. And to go back to the Barstool example is I think that's what they're doing. Everybody thought that all the star players are going to make all the money here. And that's probably somewhat true. But also you let the market dictate. This is what we live in a capitalist economy. Like you let capitalists capitalize on the opportunity and good things happen. Right. And I think that's what you're going to see here is your 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 track and field, your you know, your your female sports, uh, all these things that are underrepresented are probably going to get um you know, more credit than anybody ever realized. Everybody thought that, yep. that, that paying players is going to create a disadvantage for these players. And the first thing that happens is all these players are selling off the shelves. And uh, I don't know, man, I think it's really cool. I think you're right. I think it's the tip of the iceberg. I think there's a lot of, a lot of learning lessons, a lot of lessons we have to learn over the time, but you know, we finally taken that fucking step that says, Hey, yeah. like, we're going to do this. And like, let's figure it out. And it is a big step. And I will say, uh, you know, when we went to college, um, a lot of people think, oh, it's just going to be football and basketball. I will tell you, I think maybe the women's soccer team yeah. at UNC when I was in school, they may be more marketable than almost any sport. Sure. Uh, at, I mean, they have Olympians and they have a, you know, they have one of the uh, coach doors. I mean, Anson doors. He is one of the best coaches in all sport. And you could have seen a ton of players uh, benefit from this. Um, And I don't think it's just going to be basketball and football that I'm glad you brought up Barstool doing that because uh, I think it is going to be a game changer. Dude. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to go because I think it's going to give a lot of other athletes that aren't, you know, basketball and football opportunities to kind of, you know, branch out. Absolutely, man. And like, think about it. Like with women's sports stands to gain. This is a big title nine win, right? Yeah. Because like, and, and and hopefully this isn't, you know, taken out of context or taken the wrong way, but you know, you're not going to sell makeup at a, at a, at a, at a football game to a bunch of guys watching football. And that's not a knock on. It's like, there's a huge market of like things that appeal to women that can be addressed by women's sports. That's realistic. Yeah. And like, you got that, you got all these other things and, and, and um, you know, there's different, 
you know, different representation across all different sports and all different leagues and all different geographies. Right. I mean, this really just opens a door for a number of places to market their products using a new vehicle that right now is is uh, is available. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's still somewhat unique. It's really interesting to me how people are going to figure this out, because it just turns into a feeding frenzy, man. Like they just that was the one thing that I saw. It was like the NCAA even in doing the right thing, did it wrong, right? They just threw it out there and was like, here you go. Here's what you can do. Mm-hmm. And there's no governance at all over this shit, right? And these are all, the biggest thing that worries me is these are all kids that are 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. I mean, dude, I'm 37 and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Much less if somebody comes and tries to give me a thousand bucks to do like a uh, some sort of promo for them. I'm all over it. And I'm probably worth $20,000. So hopefully that's one of the things, you know, the predatory thing is going to happen, but hopefully, you know, now you have to have, um, and now whose responsibility is it? I think the universities have to come up with some sort of, you know, um, some sort of like not task force or whatever, but some, some way to help the, you know, the kids get tutors for school. They get all this other stuff. Like you need somebody in there to help them make sure like if they, if they want to ask for help, if they want to say, Hey, like, I got uh, uh, Joe's Crab Shack down the street came over here and they were like, they want me to do this for that. Is this a good deal? Well, like, you know, hopefully there's some people, some faculty somewhere, some staff somewhere that can say, all right, here's what you need to consider because I'm, you know, I've been through something like this. But yeah. And, you know, the university is going to have to educate the athlete Mm -hmm. in that area as well. And I think the university is going to have to learn fast and, you know, work with other people to see how this goes. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun I mean, to see who benefits. Great. You could have made a lot of money on that cell phone commercial where you found that dog. Remember? Um, oh yeah. How did that work? Yeah. So how did that work? I mean, did you just have to do that shit or what? I mean, no, right. hell no. My, that was, uh, when I graduated, oh. uh, my agent hit me up and he's like, Hey, you want to do a commercial for AT&T? AT&T? I was like, I'd love to do it. And, uh, actually the whole filming process and, you know, shooting, it took about, I would say a week. It was yeah, a long like, time, man. It, it took a while and, uh, it was really cool. Uh, the guy who directed it, I talked to him a lot. He's done a lot of different things and worked with a lot of different people, but I had a fun time doing, doing it. Um, just what, sometimes when you're young like that, you're uh, a little shy. I oh, wish yeah. I would have been a little more, you know, learned a mo- little more about the process and a little bit more outgoing about it, but I had a fun time. It was great. Yeah, I, I forgot that you were already done then. That would have been uh, both funny and really shitty if they were like, hey, you're the face of the NCAA basketball now, so we're going to need you to uh, release this dog on TV when we say <laughs> when we say three. Um, anyway, yeah, so so all that's good. You mentioned some of those uh, some of those players and some of these women's sports being Olympians. This is probably going to be a bummer for them this year because they just said that um, the Olympics – which we talked about a little bit when we we're getting into like the weird Olympic sports, we're like not going to have fans there. I don't think for a lot of it. And then on top of that, it's the Olympics. So it's kind of like, as you get older, in my opinion, the Olympics become like less interesting. Um, and then you got this whole Shikari Richardson thing. And so she's the sprinter who smoked marijuana. They said she can't go to the Olympics. I'm curious to see how you feel on that because there's been a lot of support for her. And I really, I sympathize with her, but man, like that's one thing I think they just got right. I mean, you can't like the rules, the rule. I don't, uh, you know, I don't think it's a good rule, but I mean, I, I just don't see, 
gosh, that's probably gonna be a not hot take, but that's just how I feel about it. Well, here's the here's the here's the reality. It's a rule, and every Olympian has to follow that rule. Why should she be the exception? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do I agree with the rule? I do not agree with the rule. Um, but it is a rule, and she knew it. And she broke it. So there's consequences for that. Mm-hmm. And to think that, hey, um, gosh, it's not that bad for you. I mean, it's not even a performance enhancer. Um, but I'm still going to smoke it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other people, the other Olympians aren't smoking it. Mm-hmm. And if they are, they're in trouble. And that's a rule and the rule sucks, but Hey, it's a consequences. And if, and if you can't, you know, she's under some, you know, she says she's dealing with a death of a family member trying to cope. That's another, if you're using a drug to cope with a situation, that might be an issue. And I'm right to say, a lot of people say marijuana is not addicting. Well, gambling is not a drug, but it's psychologically addicting. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people, you know, if you can't put the weed down, if you can't put it down the, long enough to go for the you know, Olympics, your dream. yeah, 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 for the Olympics, that might be another discussion where, you, hey, I'm, I guys, hey, I can't stop smoking. I need some help. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but yeah, I don't think she should be allowed. Man, I don't either. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that loud and clear. Like she's getting a lot of support. I understand the support, but I, I you, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there that don't allow you to smoke weed. And if you smoke weed and you go in and get popped for it, you're going to lose your job. And that's what happened. But good on her because she fucking owned it. She said, hey, I knew the rules. This is what I did. Uh, I understand. She, there, was no, there was no crying and complaining from her. She said, hey, this is on me. And I have a huge amount of respect for her for for taking that especially because when you got all that support coming in it's very easy to deflect and say this rule is bullshit and like they're just trying to put me down and blah 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 because i look different or i'm this or i'm that and she didn't fall to any of that she just said listen that was the rule i broke the rule i'll see y'all next time and i love that mentality too she's like i'll be back you know she knows she's she's uh she's great and i think it's uh, I'm just sad as a, as a, as a fan, like, you know, like I said, the Olympics are hard enough to watch as it is when you lose like the marquee, um, you know, athlete, you know, we're all bummed out. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I think hopefully she'll learn from it. She'll grow from it. Um, this will probably lead to, you know, a lot of opportunities for her in a lot of ways because it's been a very public thing and, and there's a lot of support for her and, um, you know, I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's a great person. I think she represents a, a underrepresented group of people. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that there's somebody out there doing that. So this isn't in any way an indictment on her. It's just that, you know, I just look, man, <laughs> she said it herself. And I, I have to agree is that, you know, you got to, uh, you just got to buy by the rules. And unfortunately for us, dude, the Olympics to me at this point are pretty much unwatchable. Like who the hell wants it? Well, like who's on the basketball team? Like nobody, it is like I, I, I actually enjoy the Olympics. I'm God. looking forward to the gymnastics. I always enjoy the track and field. My dad played. My dad was a high jumper, but uh, you know I respect her. Just saying, hey guys, I, I broke the rule. I got to pay the consequences. So a lot of respect to her, and I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Yeah, who we got? Uh, so the other thing is, uh, speaking of basketball, got finals. We hadn't talked much about the final. I don't know how long we've been on here, by the way, but uh, it might be a long pod. I got this, and then I got McGregor, and we ain't even on Instagram, so we ain't got anybody to talk to. But uh, 
Finals game two tonight. I think Bucks and the the Suns. Like neither one of us picked either of those teams, so that's why they're there. I uh, thought Giannis's leg fell off, and here he is to you know back. Then he plays game one, plays well, and they still lose. Chris Paul, dude. I don't know if you've read his stats. Guy's out of his mind right now. I mean, this guy is having literally a historic run in the playoffs. Like the last couple games especially if he keeps this up dude this might be one of the greatest finals performances of all time yeah I think um I have the Bucks in six and it's unbelievable that Giannis is playing after um that hyperextended knee that is unbelievable but CP is playing at unbelievable level as well um as he's you know this is to me, this could be arguably his best year in the NBA. Yeah. And it's super impressive. And what he's done, not only um, personally, but the way he's made his teammates better is uh, one of the best stories in the NBA right now. But it's been a hell of a, uh, hell of a playoffs. Uh, no one – who would have thought the Suns and the Bucks would be in the finals? But I had the Bucks in six. I got the Suns, man. Um, so one of us is going to be right. I mean, dude, they're playing so well. I'm on here trying to find Chris Paul's stats for the uh, for game whatever game he was in, game one, and then the game seven. I mean, he's just playing like somebody that wants to win a championship. I mean, he ain't never been to the finals, and he's just going nuts. I mean, dude, his percentage, he's shooting like 60% from the floor, like 70% from three. Dude's like – got 17 assists, two turnovers. This is all from the old think tank up here. He's averaging like, I don't know, over 20 a game. Uh, dude's hyper-efficient player right now. And I think the Suns just like got the, got it going, right? But, of course, like game ones are always weird, right? Like, mm-hmm. like teams go in there and just win game one, and you're like, dude, they're about to steamroll these guys and lose, lose 4-1. So, game um, ones are pretty important, though. If you look at the stat on the team that wins game one – and, you know, if they win the series or not, um, it usually favors the team that wins game one by a large margin. But I think this is uh, not going to happen. I think the Bucks are going to win. But um, CP has been superhuman. He's playing unbelievable. And uh, I kind of like how the Suns, I like uh, Aiton. I think he's, a, you know, I've, I've been on here talking about him. I think he's going to be a bright spot in the NBA for the big men for a long time. But it's going to be a hell of a series. It could go seven, and I'm I'm all for it. Good news is Tar Heels going to get a championship one way or the other. They got Justin Jackson for the Bucks. You got Cam Johnson for the Suns. I think that gives us 59 players in history <laughs> UNC that have been in the finals. Like, get out of here. That's unreal. I think it'll be 30 or some crazy number. Maybe, I don't know, that's won a championship. Um, dude, I, I'm a big Cam Johnson fan. Not that I don't like Justin Jackson. I love Justin Jackson, but I'm a big Cam Johnson fan. And, uh, you know, I, I really like to see him. He's played so well all season long and really filled a nice role for them, I think. And uh, just sort of like seems ready every night, you know? Yeah, he's been his, – his minutes had uh, kind of been inconsistent in the playoffs, and he's also found a way to uh, maintain a positive impact on the game, whether he gets – eight minutes or he gets 28. I mean, he's had some mm-hmm. big games and I think he's a bright spot for the Suns. And it's, it's really good to see that because um, yeah, he's, he's worked his ass off to get to UNC and then 
just he was one of my favorite players, and it's good to see him doing big things at the NBA level. Bright spot for the Suns. I see what you did there, big dog. Uh, so, all right, we'll get out of here on this one. Conor McGregor allegedly is fighting this weekend. Dude, I saw him walk out for a – They uh, I follow Stephen A. Smith on Instagram, and he walked up for an interview with Stephen A. Smith. Dude, Conor McGregor is 5'1", tops. I mean, dude is short. And uh, I was like – I had no idea. I don't know who he's fighting. Apparently, he's fought the other dude a bunch of times already. I don't know who the guy's name. I don't follow UFC shit. Like, I don't like blood. Try to tell y'all. Um, but who you got, dude? I feel like guys got to lose. There's no way he's going to just come back here and win. You know, right? at this point um, – What is he, 50? I don't think – I think athletes' life uh, span or I think, you know, the, the career of a fighter can just end at one night. And I really do think that – you know, McGregor's taking that turn. I think that the guy, whoever he's going to fight is definitely, I think, in my opinion, going to win. I think McGregor's just such a good marketing. Um, he's really great at marketing himself. And I think he's a really smart businessman. And I think he's found a way to not be the best fighter in the sport, but to be the most entertaining. And you may not know UFC, but you know, Conor McGregor. Yep. He's one yep. of the first to be able to go from the octagon into the big stage of the boxing ring and fight Floyd. And not only yeah. fight Mayweather, he fought him well. And we all thought like, oh, shit, this guy might win. Yeah. But uh, I think he's done. Um, personally, I think he's done. I think he's gotten old. And once you're old in that sport, uh, you don't last long. But I'm always in for entertainment, so I'll be tuning in. And uh, I'll be pulling for McGregor because I like his antics and he's entertaining. So I want to see him win, and I want to see more of him. I'll be finding him on social media because my ass ain't paying 150 I spend money on a lot of dumb <laughs> shit, but I ain't paying 150 to watch that shit. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I think he's hilarious. I think he's entertaining. I would love to absolutely hang out with him, so I ain't going to talk shit about him because beat my ass for sure. But he ain't going to win. Uh, just, yeah, it is what it is. So anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.